Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Zero! Season 2, episode 34 starts now. Welcome to the show. I'm Brandon Davis. We got Jenna Anderson here. Hey, everybody. We got Aaron Perrine. What's going on, y'all? And we got Jamie Girac. Good morning. Oh, it is a good morning indeed. We got She-Hulk episode three spoilers coming late in the show. We got a lot of Marvel news, actual Marvel news to talk about. It's been a while since something has happened. We've just been making stuff up. Uh, and Jamie Girac made a new best friend. Uh, Jamie, you want to give us a little taste right now or save it all for later? Oh, I'll just let you know that I interviewed the one and only Tim Roth this morning. And I think we all know how much I love Tim Roth. So I'm excited to talk about it. Suddenly, Abomination has an eighth soulmate. Just like like that. All right. Uh, We got some big, big news from the Marvel Universe. This is really stuff that's going to blow your mind. It's not breaking news. It's already out there. But we're going to talk about it for the first time on Phase Zero. This is heavy stuff. This is important stuff. People... Keep naming their children Thanos. This is, this is an actual study showed that Thanos, as a baby name, rose 3,000 spots on the charts for, for, for how commonly used it is, how commonly it is used. That's a real thing that's happening. Could you imagine the first day of school and the key teachers calling out names? We're back, it's back to school right now. There's a, there's a three-year-old out there whose, whose teacher is just like, Thanos? And the rest of the class is like, oh, sh- no, <laughs> the real thing. The number one most popular name now rising in popularity. This is like a chart. You could find it on comicbook.com. It's a chart that shows names from Disney characters, which includes Marvel, that are jumping in popularity. Not like in terms of how often doesn't show you how many times they've been used, but it shows you like the number of ranks they've increased from being compared to other names. Quill was number one. Friend of the show, Johnny Gargano, named his baby Quill. That's kind of cool. I'm going to start Quill's a real name. Uh, yeah. That, yeah. You know, that you can, like, naming your kid Thanos, I'm sorry, that's embarrassing. Like, <laughs> like, you know, 25 years ago, Kevin Smith named his kid Harley Quinn, and Harley Quinn was not a household name at the time. And I feel like, at the time, cute. Now, like, if you name your kid Harley Quinn, I'd be like, uh, that's a little much. Um, but to name your Th- kid Thanos now, in the year 2022, that's uh, that's setting your kid up to get made fun of. And, and uh, that's a bold choice. That's all I'm just saying with that. I was going to do it, but now Jamie's just talking me out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I, like, man, I would, I would feel weird naming, like, my goldfish Thanos. Like, that just feels... <laughs> 
it's like I don't want to put the like expectation of like you know a a tiger wants to destroy half of humanity onto like a, a pet, much less like a child. I also want to know like, how popular the name was before Thanos started appearing in Marvel movies because it's like you know that there is like one Jim Starlin fan from the eighties who totally like named their child Thanos before it was cool, and they probably are just now like a young adult somewhere who is like I was the first one. I was the first one named Thanos, and then now all of these other babies are. Yeah, that's that's quite a choice. My dog's name is Nova, but 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 she's a dog, <laughs> you know. Like I don't know, you know, I don't know if that makes any difference. And it's not a Nova's human baby. not the most popular villain currently in like movies. That's true. Yeah, that's true. It's that's, like I, if, if in the eighties, like somebody named their kid Darth Vader. Yeah, yeah, which I'm sure I, happened. I bet that did happen. Yeah. There's probably a lot of a lot of thirty year olds out there somewhere named Vader. Vader. I haven't met any of them yet, but uh, <laughs> I'm, sure I'm sure they exist. Uh, all right. Well, baby Thanos is. If you're finding this show thirty years in the future, we are so sorry. <laughs> so, so sorry. <laughs> this isn't your and, fault. Uh, now I feel yeah. bad. Yeah. Yo, yeah. Is there, is there a chance that someone's going to attend a Thanos Khaleesi wedding? <laughs> <laughs> like that, that's, a, that's absolutely on the board, right? Oh my god. Yeah. Wow. wow. Oh gosh. Oh wow. Wow, well, I feel that, bad. That is some villainy. Villainy. All right. All right. We got. We got to move on. Baby. Babies are being named Thanos. I don't know. It, it, does anything surprise you anymore? Look at. Look at the state of the world. Babies are being named Thanos. The least of our concern. Good luck to all the baby Thanos. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, so moving on. Oh gosh. Well, there's a lot of Fantastic Four stuff going on this week, you guys. Uh, we got a lot of casting rumors, uh, and it looks like Matt Jackman is is directing a uh, former Phase Zero guest, uh, of course, known for directing a, a little show you may have heard of it called WandaVision. Uh, obviously, I'm on board with that. What do you guys think? I like it. Matt Jackman's resume, go, like as good as WandaVision is, Matt Jackman's resume goes far beyond WandaVision, including The Boys, some of the biggest episodes of Game of Thrones, including the one where the dragons just brought down hellfire upon the Boils whole Lancaster army. You can picture it in your head right there, Lakeside, Jamie Lannister gets thrown into the water. Matt Shackman did that, fam. I'm with it. I'm with it. Matt Shackman can do this. Please, D23, make it official. Anybody I know. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm so on board. I had a feeling they would realistically. I know there was a stretch of time where we were like, oh my God, is Spielberg going to do Fantastic Four? And it's like, I'm glad that we've now dovetailed back around to like, it was probably going to be someone who was familiar with Marvel and had already worked on a Marvel thing. I think Shackman is such a great choice, especially because I personally just want Fantastic Four to lean somehow into the like 1960s of it all, even just aesthetically or just in the way that the film is kind of presented. And like, I, how he did the original episodes of WandaVision and all of the period piece stuff, I would love to see him kind of stretch into that. Like, I think that would just be really fun. So I'm excited with whatever they end up doing with it. It also seems like all but official confirmation, the fact that he is no longer uh, attached to Star Trek. Mm -hmm. So I believe that that is all we need to really buy into this one. If I'm a betting man and I can bet on Hollywood directors, I'm putting the house on Shackman gets fantastic for Aaron. You got any thoughts on this? Um, I think it's a good choice. I also, as a Paramount household, I'm like, oh no, me and Jamie Levitt, like, who's going to direct Star mm -hmm. Trek now? Because that's I know. Uh, that's a problem uh, that will be discussed on our uh, Star Trek podcast at some point. <laughs> uh, but he proved his family chops on WandaVision. It's Feige chose someone that you know he could trust. He didn't throw the keys to Katie and Sean. 
for them to go wreck the Corvette or have something bad happen to the Corvette. He gave it to someone he trusted. So it makes sense and it'll be good. I'm sure it'll be fine. And I feel like we're just at like the little like tip of the iceberg of Fantastic Four news. There is obviously if we know this, there's more to come here shortly. Oh, I'm betting we get some casting news. Real I soon. hope so. Yeah, I really hope so. Just over the internet. Like, I just want to know yeah, so we can please. move to the next yeah. phase of our lives. That yeah, everybody. So there, there, there's been some consistent rumors floating around. Nothing's coming from official sources that, like, you know, we all then take it as word. Yet, yeah, there's been some people who are often right who have dropped a few, you know, rumors and reports and stuff like that. But nothing concrete. The thing is, I'm noticing that this is all right before D23. And I remember right before the last D23, it was like, you know, all those Kit Harrington rumors started to swirl. And then we got the report from Deadline. And then all of a sudden, boom, Kit Harrington's on stage at D23. So it feels like this might be a case of, you know, Marvel is trying to lock in some directors and cast members so they could announce them at D23. And it starts to, you know, slip through the cracks a little bit. That's what I think is happening here. That's what I hope is happening here. I think, you know, Jamie and I will be at D23. And uh, we'll have all that news for you. I'm not going to be live tweeting that one. Jamie's going to be in the crowd. I'm going to be... Uh, doing the interview, so Jamie's going to be your fastest updates in the West. Oh boy, let's see. <laughs> no pressure. You know how weird I am about Twitter. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to delete tweet all the news, and then an hour later, I'm going to delete all those tweets. So. <laughs> Twitter <laughs> added an edit button just for Jamie. That's why <laughs> they added it. They were like, seriously. Yo. <laughs> I'm going to be backstage you. while Jamie's in the in the audience, and I'm just going to be like, I'm going to be like, Jamie, just call me so I can hear it all while it's happening. <laughs> And then I'll just tweet it. My like, I, I was kind. Of, I mean, as cool as it is to do the interviews, I am not going to lie. I love being the in, sending the tweets and being the first one to send it all out there. But uh, it's, it's good. I guess it's first world problem to have to do. <laughs> <laughs> My teacher's going to be no Elizabeth Olsen yet. Hmm. No, nope. so twenty minutes in, haven't seen Elizabeth Olsen yet. Jamie's going to storm out. Yeah. <laughs> Jim Liscardi would swing in through a skylight. <laughs> like, what is happening? <laughs> Jim's in jail with his new Paddington bear. Yep. Oh, yeah, that's right. That was nice. Yeah. All right. <laughs> well, so speaking of the Fantastic Four, um, Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness writer Michael Waldron did it in an interview with Empire where he revealed that originally Reed Richards was going to be involved in the movie in a completely different way. He was going to be in an end credit scene. The quote was, in my very first draft, I wrote a tag just for the hell of the events of the movie being recorded and reviewed by somebody in the Baxter building and a stretchy hand coming into frame to run it back. Reed is probably my favorite Marvel Comics character, so I was always going to get him in there somewhere. I, I honestly like this idea. I almost think, I know like we figured out in recent months of like, oh, originally Balder the Brave was supposed to be in the Illuminati and then that didn't happen. And so then that kind of seemed to lead to Reed Richards. I think this original scene would have been so cool. It would have, it feels to me like the kind of post credit scenes we got in phase two and phase three, where it's like, we're not necessarily showing you an entire actor, but we're still hinting at something. I think this would have been really cool, but what do you guys think? How do you think this would have worked? I could cry. It sounds so much better than what we got. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't think it's necessarily better. Like I don't uh, but I mean it would have been cool if if he hadn't have been in the movie. It would have been dumb if he was already in the movie and then we got the credit scene. But um uh, I mean I liked Charlie's like uh, you know like I don't I think it would have been cool but it, I I guess maybe I'm just not my too invested in the Fantastic Four future. I'm just like whatever comes I'm into it. I think Charlie's there and as Clea was really cool but I don't think Clea like no 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 shade at Clea. Yeah, not not as as well known and mainstream and and exciting as Mister Fantastic is. Like that's just maybe after Clea's in a couple bad series of movies and then the, <laughs> in some mainstream favor, uh, Clea will get there. But 
for me, it's like, you know, if we got the ball to the brave bit with Daniel Craig, that would have been awesome. Would have been, you know, would have been what it was. You know, the Illuminati scene was cool. It also, you know, have whatever feelings about it you want to have. If we didn't get Mr. Fantastic in the Illuminati scene and then we just got his hand coming in there because the role's not cast yet, we don't have to see the face. I think that would have, as Jenna put it perfectly, just would have felt like a classic credit scene where you get a tease of an exciting character. This is a character we're all really just talking about, fired up for some more than others, but universally everybody knows Fantastic Four's coming, everybody knows who the Fantastic Four are, and it would have just been pretty thrilling, like, oh, they're actually doing it, uh, and instead he got shredded. It's like, okay, that was pretty wild. I, you know, I'll take that scene, but I do, I would prefer this version of it myself. I mean, I don't know. I, I just, I'm with Jamie. I'm like, I liked it how it was. I get, I get all like the fan, like excitement about the casting and stuff, but think about how insane the tornado of fan cast stuff has been. And he was in the movie as John Krasinski. Can you imagine if they had just dropped a hand in there and there's <laughs> nobody, yeah. I would have probably thrown my phone into the ocean two, three <laughs> weeks ago. Because D23 would have been so far away that I'm like, we're not going to get any confirmation on this. I I, uh, I don't know. I, I'm I'm wondering. I always think about these things like this old Dan Levitard bit where he talks about like his dad going to see the Predator. And like, you know, the part in Predator where he falls down the waterfall into the mud and the Predator can't see him because he has thermal vision. And then the guy goes, he can't see me. And the radio host is like, why do you need to tell me that? Obviously, you can see the thermal mapping, but then his dad's like, oh, he can't see him. There's always someone like that in the crowd. So I think that if you had had him in the Illuminati and as this other R, Reed Richards, it might have confused some people in the crowd oh, in yeah. the same way that like Clea, obviously, like God bless. I love Tony Jamie. He was like, <laughs> Ooh, why? I mean, why is Charlize here? Why is she in all this purple? So I forgot you saw that with Tony. <laughs> yeah, you're just sitting there like, wait, huh? Um, so no, I definitely I, agree. You couldn't have him in both. You couldn't have yeah. Reed Richards be in the Illuminati and then die and then be a six one six hand that shows up. That would have just been like, wait a second, because the conversation from you know the casuals, the the non phase zero listeners would have been like, wait, did he survive? He was just back in the other. No, like it would, and it would have been confusing. <laughs> But I think if you had Balder the Brave in there and then you come back to the Baxter building, you show us who bought Avengers Tower. It's not like I really want to know that, but like it would have been cool. <laughs> and then we go inside, it's Baxter building and, and all of a sudden Reed Richards' hand is there. We can do a movie that catches us up to speed on that moment and show us that Reed Richards only watched the events of Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness because he's studying incursions and it's leading to secret wars and he's preparing for the end of the universe. It would have been dope, but instead we didn't get that. But it's fine, whatever. It's cool. I'm crazy. <laughs> I also think like people forget how many evolutions this movie went through. It's like initially Wanda mm -hmm. was going to kill 616 Mordo and like in this super brutal way, like you can find the concept art and the storyboards of it out there. So it's very clear that this was a very first draft sort of thing that eventually it, they wouldn't have had both in the movie at the same time. And it's like, I love the post credit scenes we got. It's just this one would have been so special. I feel like it would have just been wild. Yeah, honestly, no shade that the post credit scenes we did get. I think they were cool. I just think this would have been like Thor's hammer at the end of, what was that, Iron Man 2? Exciting. Tony Stark walking into the bar with William Hurt. Exciting. Uh, I think like this would have felt really classic and like an awesome tease of something that's instantly recognizable. Honestly, though, when the Avengers played for the first time, I remember being in the theater and all the people around me being like, oh, well, that was Red Skull. 
wow, who was that? Like people didn't know who Thanos was. So, but mm-hmm. Reed Richards, everybody knows the stretchy hand. That would have been pretty exciting. I think Clea had a similar effect to Thanos where it's like, yes, this is a big character. A lot of people don't know who this is yet because they, you know, people, not everybody at the movies reads the comics. That's fine. Whatever. Listen, at cool. least we got pizza Papa and that's a really yeah. matters. Oh, stop. Yeah. <laughs> stop it. Patience. I'm not. Oh yeah. You'll, I'm, I'm gonna be, I think today I'm just going to be the hater. Uh, I'm, just gonna, <laughs> I'm just putting it out there. In advance. Oh no. I'm going to be the one who is not as excited about life uh, in the Marvel Universe as everyone else is today. But we'll move on before we get to that. Okay. Um, so, speaking of things that Brandon actually does like, uh, Ben Kingsley <laughs> is back in the MCU. He's returning for Wonder Man. It's going to be great to see our favorite, uh, Trevor Slattery, our favorite actor uh, in this. Mm-hmm. Now we can pretty much guess it's probably going to be something like very Hollywood acting related. Uh, in the Wonder Man series, but no clues about what, who he's in there with. No clues about who Wonder Man is, but we do get him. And I'm guessing Morris, because if you've been to Avengers <laughs> Campus, you need to, we got Morris plushes to sell y'all. Like we need to have Morris back, his furry furry behind. What do you think about Trevor Slattery coming back? I adore him. And uh, I love it. I, I can't like it's one of those things where I'm a big Iron Man three fan. It's my favorite Iron Man movie. Uh, say what you will about that opinion, but it's true. I, it's a Shane Black Christmas movie. Come on. Um, but uh, I, I never, ever, ever thought we'd see him again. And the fact that now we're seeing him a lot is thrilling to me. Um, and and I tweeted this. I think when we're getting these like small, goofier characters all i want is sam rockwell back as justin hammer and i feel like the more these people come back the more likely we are to get that and that is what i want that is my goal that is the number one thing i want to see you had a banger tweet about that i saw it yeah 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 because the people agree what's what we all want that's the only tweet i've ever had that had that many likes where not a single person was mean in the comments wow we all want the same thing (laughs) sam rockwell does hate Put him, we got Ironheart. We got Armor Wars coming. Who yeah. knows? There are Who places. Knows? I'm yep. saying. I'm Allegedly. Saying. Allegedly, Allegedly. <laughs> Iron Wars is coming. Allegedly. Armor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. I will say I'm glad that Aaron brought up like Morris coming back because that was my first question when they confirmed that Ben Kingsley was going to be in this. I'm like, if we do not get like Morris as like just involved in that show as a supporting character, it, it I'll be disappointed. I, I find it so fascinating that like marvel has not technically confirmed this show we don't know who's playing one but this is the first like concrete update that we get that it's it's happening i just find that so weird like it it is unexpected but it's a very cool way to confirm like okay yeah we're definitely getting this show and like we're probably getting it sooner than later when we're already having ben kingsley be tied to it so i'm excited i want to take a step back and go back to iron man 3 real quick and let jamie know i support her support of that film (laughs) I disagree that it's the best Iron Man film. I said my favorite. I did not say best. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Hey, that's, 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 that's I, I make that same clarification pretty much every time I have an opinion too. Because <laughs> I think Iron Man Three is a very good movie. Uh, I was very disappointed in the Mandarin twist of it all. That said, I do think it's a very good movie. But I, Iron Man One is still my favorite. But now that we got a real Mandarin, in retrospect, it's amazing. That's a lot of people. It's kind of like how Days of Future Past made uh, the third X movie slightly more tolerable, only slightly, because that movie's terrible. But uh, th- there's just some kind of reversal retcon. Hold up, stop the press. Did you just say Days of Future Past is terrible? 
No, 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 no. I love it. <laughs> I said that it, no, 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 no. It kind of erased the last stand, which made that whole thing more tolerable. Okay. Uh, wow. So no, no, I love Days of Your Past. I love. I was going out for a second because I was thinking about <laughs> Iron Man three, and then I heard something. Like, I was like, "Wait a second! No, no, I, no, no. I don't know. I just completely made something up right there." We're all uh, good. We're all good. Yeah, apologies. I was like, "X Men: Days of Future Past" is like, no, uh, woof. That's a that movie rules. That movie yeah, rules. yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah, Iron Man three deserves some love, and if you don't, if you don't like Iron Man three, Spider Man: No Way Home re-releases in theaters tonight. A lot of the stuff from the most leaked movie of all time is already <laughs> leaking. Uh, why not keep up with the tradition through the re-release? Uh, we're not going to talk about what is in this yet. A, because none of us have seen it yet. B, because I did a poll on Twitter and uh, at least 25% of Phase Zero listeners asked us not to talk about it. And that's enough for me to say, okay, let's save it for next week. But next week, uh, I don't know if I'm going to go see this, but I am probably going to um, research the scenes. <laughs> <laughs> that are added to the film so that we can talk about it. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to give $20 in three hours to these 11 minutes. Uh, I think it's pretty lame that these are not just on the Blu-ray. Uh, like the fact that there is this stuff and it was held back from an already physical copy of the movie just feels like a betrayal. Um, but we're going to talk about those spoilers next week. So we'll give you a disclaimer next week when we're going to do that. Uh, but yeah, the, the Sony going with this feels kind of like a weird play. Uh, but we have another weird Tony play to talk about for our last bit of news this week. Well, goodness, what do we got? Uh, Emma Roberts talked about uh, Madam Webb to E.T. She said, uh, I can tell you that I'm in L.A. right now, but I'm going back to shoot a few more scenes soon. So we'll just have to see. I have to say I was so excited to get to join the cast. I love Dakota Johnson. I love Sydney Sweeney. It's a really, really unique cast and story. So I'm really excited. It's been really fun to work with everyone. I can't wait for everyone to see it for real because it's so Cool. Uh, and then Brandon wrote in the notes, does this movie exist? I do like, does it? <laughs> does it? Um, all I know about this movie, didn't they transform Boston into like early 2000s New York? Yes. Yeah, they did. There's like Beyonce album art and like 2003 ads and stuff. Like I, this movie is a fever dream, but I desperately want it to come out. I have a feeling that like, if this movie is even remotely as wild as the internet is making it seem, I am genuinely unabashedly going to love this movie. So I'm just like, it, it exists in my heart, if nothing else. So I'm just excited to see it actually come out. Sony keeps casting lead actors that I'm not a huge fan of. So I'm just like, all right, there we go. No, I'm not speaking of Emma Roberts for the record. Uh, I'm a Scream Queens fan, so uh, I think we uh, can. Yeah, we can go back to our, yeah. uh, our 2022 hype rankings and find yeah. out who you're talking about. <laughs> that said, uh, woof, was I wrong? Um, <laughs> uh, something I'm not wrong about. Real quick, before we take a break and then go into She-Hulk conversation. I tweeted this week and this got a lot of traction and I just saw more people tweeting about it. So I wanted to bring it up now and see where our panel of experts and people of wonderful taste uh, stand on this. Doctor Strange 1 is better than Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Go ahead, comment section. Let's hear it. I stand by it. Jenna, you're at the top of the screen. Do you agree or disagree? I, I disagree, honestly. Oh. I... <laughs> 
I, I have come around to liking the first Doctor Strange movie. The first time that I saw it, I was just so overwhelmed by just how paint by numbers a lot of it was, not by fault of its own, but just by the fault of like where it fit in the MCU timeline and stuff. But like I've grown to enjoy that movie. That being said, Multiverse of Madness has so many things that are just like, I cannot believe I'm watching this right now. This is the coolest thing ever. So it it's going to have a special place in my heart, no matter what. All right, Aaron, Aaron. Uh, it, it's been a, like a while and I was going to say like I remember more of Multiverse Mass, but of course I do because it came out like this year. Uh, <laughs> so I I think that I agree with Jenna, but that might just be my terrible memory and the fact that I haven't watched <laughs> FX in like, you know, like two months. I need to just turn on <laughs> FX and watch Doctor Strange yeah. again yeah. to see if I, I do. But I, I agree that like the level of like what the heck is happening? I... I really did enjoy that. I don't know. Whenever we do the phase four rankings, I at, before Multiverse of Madness, it probably wouldn't have been as high as it is afterwards for me. I'll say this. I know what Jamie's going to say. Oh, yeah. Well, yes, you do. Um, but you know what? Here's You don't know this. Uh, yes, the second one, not even close. But it's not just because it is a beautiful Wanda showcase. Uh, get ready to hate on me, but the first Doctor Strange is in my bottom three MCU. I don't like that movie. I've seen it like seven times and every time I'm like, I'm the effects are amazing. Uh, you know, it's a great cast. I'm just, I don't, it's just not a very fun movie. And I, it's, it's one of my least favorite to revisit. So sorry, hate on me, but we've all got to have a bottom three you guys. You know, they, I'm sorry. This is just the way the world works. And every movie is in the top three, damn it. <laughs> for me the first doctor strange just had like a really complete story and it never felt rushed my biggest problem with multiverse of madness is how quick and almost disjointed at times the movie felt and also the effects in doctor strange one were like astounding whereas the effects in doctor strange two like that first scene i was like what what's going on? we just i'll give you that the effects in that first movie stuff. are amazing but i don't care about that uh, hey, I, I also, and for me, the third act of the first Doctor Strange is far superior to the third act of Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness. I, the thing I love about Multiverse of Madness is how weird it gets and the risks it takes. Like, I thought it was like hugely entertaining for how bold some of those risks are and how different it was and some of the scary elements. Zombie Strange for like a full, what was it, like 30 damn minutes at the end of that movie? I was like, damn, they're really doing this. But I the Dormammu bit, like the time loop, all that stuff, I thought it was really cool. And the like fighting while the time was moving backwards. I don't know. I, I for me, Strange One uh, is superior. Uh, no matter how many Illuminati cameos I loved seeing, uh, and the Multiverse of Madness has a lot that I liked in it. I by no means think it's like a bad movie. I just think it's very okay. Whereas I think Doc Strange is like pretty good. So that's my, listen, I know, I know. I just started a fire. If you agree with me, hit the subscribe button. If you don't agree with me, hit the subscribe button. We're going to be right back with one of Talk about She-Hulk episode three spoilers. See you in a minute. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. 
Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's Lifetime Membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Welcome back to Phase Zero, Season 2, Episode 34. Oh my God, it's September. Episode 3 of She-Hulk is out there. Now we're going to talk full spoilers for She-Hulk Episode 3. You have been warned. If you have not yet watched it, what are you doing? This show is actually quite damn good. Uh, you should be watching it and then come here to talk about the spoilers, Easter eggs. Drop the ones you caught in the comment section. We're going to go around the horn here with the reactions. Aaron, you're at the top of the screen. Start us off. Well, uh, we've had a lot of firsts these past two years in MCU. We got uh, we got some twerking now. That's that's delightful. Um, I, I laugh because I never thought I'd see uh, Meg like in the MCU, but here here we are. That happens. That's a thing. Uh, the show continues to deliver and be interesting, and I really love how each episode feels like its own like contained thing for the most part, like the case in all actuality just had in this one episode with Rue, like you get some weird Asgardian legal stuff, which I'm sure will be lingering because like I wondered about that during like Love Thunder. I'm like, this is like a weird sovereign nation in the middle of America. Doesn't that cause like issues or isn't it kind of weird when like you have like aliens like running around amongst like normal people? Like there has to be some way to figure it out. Poor damage control has their hands too full that they're going to be something stupid at some point. So I I am enjoying it. Uh, Tatiana is really, really amazing as like this. I, I hope that they, if this show was nothing more than Tatiana I'm, I this was all worth it. Right? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Jenna, what'd you say? Oh boy, I wasn't sure if I was going next or last since I know I can talk about this for like 10 minutes. Um, this is m probably my favorite episode out of the four that I've already seen. It it feels so much like reading a like every era of She-Hulk comics kind of blended together. Like Aaron said, of the way that they deal with the case of the week and the way that they just deal with Jen just having fun, being silly, existing in this larger universe and just dealing with it is so reflective of the comics, but still in this way that still works for the MCU. And I just, it's so fun. It's so ridiculous. As a She-Hulk fan, Fan. having a character like Dennis Bukowski who is this like random antagonist in the first like run of her solo run for him to now just be where it's like you're in live action and being catfished by me in the stallion it just this is perfect it's ridiculous but it's so perfect and I just love so much of this episode I just think it's so much fun Jamie what do you think what a delight. Um, I will say it's probably my least favorite of the three, but that doesn't mean I didn't love it. Uh, I'm so into how much it feels like a TV show. Uh, my favorite part of the episode I cackled is when she looked at the camera and was like, A and B plots coming together. Like that was chef kiss as a as a sitcom fan. Uh, the you know, it's just such a bummer that the that the cameo was spoiled this week. Uh online and that it was covered because it's such a fun silly goofy thing that would have been so great to enjoy uh without it being covered ahead of time like i that I, that makes me so mad but um but it was great i gotta say though bd uh you are over two on uh on post-credit scenes that i like better than that first one this was amazing i mean i i loved it but i genuinely like 
the way my soul left my body in that first one is still my favorite post credit scene of the season so far. Uh, but I loved, I loved this. It's just, it's just so much fun. Uh, there, I just, my favorite is every time she talks into the camera. It's just delightful. <laughs> yeah, that, and that Tatiana, is- it's okay. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> the A&B plots moment was hilarious. I rewatched it this morning and I, I cackled and I, I got a good kick out of the part where uh, their, their lawyer buddy walked out of his office and he was like, you guys know me. That's not me. <laughs> I don't, yes. I don't like that. <laughs> I, don't, but, uh, I thought that, I mean, I think it's, I'm with Jamie. This was my least favorite of the three. I still liked it. Um, I felt like uh, episodes one and two were moving the pace so fast. And this one was like, all right, we're settled in a bit. You know, here we are. Here's a tease of the villains. Here's a tease of what's coming. Um, and overall, it just kept the funny, you know, the funny humor of it all going. And it just kept moving it forward. I mean, I love Jen Walters. I love She-Hulk. I think Nikki's like a super fun sidekick to her. I'm also like, I love Ginger Gonzaga. The fact that she sold her clothes to the Marvel costume department because she wanted to have input on Nikki's appearance. I'm just like, yo, you literally are Nikki. I was actually writing about her. I, I invited her on the show to try to get her on as a guest. And I actually almost called her Nikki Gonzaga because I was like, gee, you really are just this character. Um, but uh, yeah, we got to meet Wrecking Crew, which we're going to talk about. But we got to start with the credit scene. I'll start it off. Listen, not a huge fan of the credit scene. I know... I, I think that I, I think the humor of it all, like it fits the tone of the show. Maybe some of the humor that goes that far just isn't for me. Uh, I think it's just a little, just I don't know. It's just there. There's some moments throughout the show that I think are a little sillier than my taste. So it it's not my favorite credit scene, that's for sure. But I think like I, I doesn't make me mad. Doesn't make me like you know. I see all these people on online. They're like, this is a low point for the MCU. Like, no, this is just humor that doesn't land for you. That's fine. Like it's it's. Whatever. Like I laughed at it, but I don't know if I laughed in the way they wanted me to laugh. I was like, oh my God, this is insane that She-Hulk is is twerking with Megan the Stallion. Like, this is funny to me in a way that's like, I can't believe they did that. But it fits the tone of the show. So it's like I respect it. I think it's like it's it's entertainment, whatever. Uh so I, that's where I stand on it. Like it doesn't change the show for me. Everybody's crying about it, whatever. But it's just it's not my cup of tea on the on the it's a little too silly for me. But it is what it is. Very diplomatic. Uh, yeah. I like that. That was a nice response. Yeah. Uh, some people need to chill out. My gosh. Like, <laughs> I just don't understand this passionate distaste for things like that. Like, have a little fun. And if you didn't like it, be as, be as articulate about it as Brandon. That's what I have. I mean, like, that's the thing. Like, this show is a comedy. Like, comedy's mm-hmm. not going to work for everybody. There's a lot of funny stuff in the MCU that I really enjoy. There, but there's sometimes it'll go a little too far. I'm like, okay, whatever. It's not for me. If someone else liked it, good for them. Like, cool. Imagine that. <laughs> I, where, am, I, am I on an island here and thinking this was a little too silly? Or, or where, where's everybody I want to hear what Aaron thinks before I weigh in. Um, I, I, I did like laugh. I definitely laughed. I'm man. I wish I could have went into a cold. Me and Jamie are in agreement on that. I wish it could have been like this big surprise. Cause it would have been super duper hilarious then. Cause I, when she popped up the first time, I was like, did they just have like her, like a, a cardboard cutout and like had to like Animorph technology for her to go, to <laughs> right. or is it like, or is it real? And then when she pops up, you're like, Oh crap, for real. That's dope. Uh, and uh, hearing freaking body on a Disney Plus program is hysterical. It's super funny. So where's TJ to laugh about Pam and Tommy being on there at Disney Plus <laughs> with me right now? So I get that it's like not maybe I think there's like a seriousness 
thing that a lot of the fan base has where it feels like there aren't quote unquote stakes because it's not that serious, but I'm sure they are coming. I, I, we're only on episode three out of nine, right? Like they're, they're coming. Like that syringe would tell you that things aren't going to be happy go lucky fun lawyer show for the entire run of this thing. So we better enjoy this twerking while we can. Richard, put that on t shirt. <laughs> Richard, I, will, I, I will just say, first and foremost, you know, we better enjoy it while we can. <laughs> God, where's the merchandise department? Absolutely perfect. Um, it is so funny to me just seeing the internet react very predictably to the post credit scene in the same episode that the, the show kind of makes fun of the people who don't like the show. Like there, people have figured out that the, the whole montage of people on the internet talking about like, well, why does everything have to be female and whatever? Some of those comments are literally comments from the initial Instagram post when Disney plus announced the she Hulk show. So like that is the level that we are being kind of self-aware and kind of expecting the response that the show got. Um, I, I just find it so funny just seeing the amount of people who confidently are going on the internet and are being like, She-Hulk's not supposed to be funny. She's not supposed to be, she's supposed to be serious. Why is she being so silly? It's the MCO fight. Read, read a comic, read, read any of her comics and you can be proven wrong. You're proving to me that you have not read a single She-Hulk solo comic. You've just read her in team books where she isn't breaking the fourth wall and she's just kind of standing there as like a girl Hulk. I... She is uniquely one of the few characters in the Marvel Universe who like deals with pop culture stuff in a really silly way. Um, I retweeted a tweet this morning. One of her most famous famous covers from the sensational era is her holding a beach ball to her stomach and parodying Demi Moore's like pregnancy announcement ad. <laughs> like that is the level of just like self-awareness that we are always getting from Jen in the comics and that we've been getting for a while. And so of course she's gonna twerk with Megan the Stallion. Of course she's gonna say she would kill for her. I love that line so much. Like it's it's exactly what you would expect from Jen and the people who don't get that you're just expecting something else yeah and that's that's why I say like that's just the tone of this show you know what I mean like there's other humor in the MCU I also don't like when Shuri points out and says what are those I'm like okay that's the kind of humor it's a little too meta too far for me I still think Black Panther's a great movie like there's 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 comedy in Iron Man movies there's comedy in other films that you're just like well this isn't for me if somebody else found that funny great it doesn't you know it but in this particular jenna nailed it like that is the character like i haven't read all the she hulk books nearly as many as jenna has but it seems like they understand this character and that's part of the character they're not just this oh my god i'm not gonna go on (laughs) it's not even worth acknowledging no but yeah all right anything else we want to talk about about the post credits this is this is this moment is certainly iconic and no matter how whether you love it or hate it they just had she hulk twerk with megan the stallion like this exists now like it's out there. <laughs> I do have a question, actually, uh-huh. that while we're talking about this. I was I'm trying to think back. Are there like is this the first big like celebrity cameo? Like I'm trying to think. Um, like we've got we got Stanley as Hugh Hefner, but like as like I'm trying to think of celebrities playing themselves, maybe in the early Elon years. Musk. Yeah, I was about to say. Oh, oh sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally fair reaction. I like almost put a thing in my Easter eggs video about how like since since Dennis drives a Cybertruck, that implies that like Elon Musk has gone on the same sort of trajectory as he did in the real world in the MCU. And then I was like, I don't want to talk about Elon Musk. So I just like scrapped the entire thing. So yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. I'll block that one out. Whatever, a real celebrity, like an actor. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, um, yeah, and that's what I liked about it too. It felt, we don't see that a lot. I don't, I'm, I'm looking it up right now. I don't think uh, there's been like many at all celebrities yeah. playing themselves. Joan River played herself yeah. in Iron Man 3. 
It's a thing okay. that happens in the comics all the time. It's just, I think the MCU has been so occupied with like getting to the next big event that they've never had like major celebrity cameos on this kind of scale. I like to point out a friend of mine who was in today's episode of She-Hulk as I believe herself, Amanda Salas, who's a reporter for Good Day LA, who does oh. all the junkets. I see her at all the junkets. She was one of the reporters talking about She-Hulk on today's episode. And I thought that was awesome. So shout out That's to Amanda cool. Salas. She's nice. an awesome, awesome person. I think it is so cool that uh, Marvel invited her in to do a cameo. I'm also just wondering, like, where's my invitation if it got lost? Like, cool. uh, I would really like to be in Nova. Just cover me in paint. That's whatever. But also, Amanda, I'm so happy for Amanda. Amanda has had uh, a tough couple years a couple years ago with her health, and now she's back stronger than ever, and she's a badass and a super nice person, and she got to be a part of the MCU. So shout out to Amanda. Uh, I love that for her. All right. Let's talk about some Easter eggs. Jenna has an awesome Easter eggs video on the Phase Zero YouTube channel already. It was up at 2 a.m. It was ready to go. Shout out to her and John Mason for getting that done. Uh, Jenna, though, what you, what you got? What you want to talk about this week? Oh, boy. I'm just like looking back at my list of all of this stuff. So first off, when when Jen's going into the prison at one point during the abomination trial, one of the news reporters does ask her, like, is there any truth to the rumors that you got your powers from a mob hit gone wrong? Which is exactly how she gets her powers in the comics, which I loved that they, they acknowledged that, even though they did something completely different in the show. Um, Wong mentions like the mirror dimension, which is what we saw in Spider-Man No Way Home. He mentions the shadow dimension. Um, we got the light elves, which have their own very weird history in Marvel comics. Like they're, they're just part of Asgard and kind of have their own thing. At a certain point, they get killed so many times that they team up with the Punisher and just all like hold guns and just like fight off bad people during War of the Realms, which I'm like, good for you guys. Um, and we have Mallory book gets introduced in the episode very briefly. Like so much, if you look away, you're going to miss her. Um, but that's Renee Elise Goldsberry's character. And she is like Jen's biggest rival during the Dan Slott run of She-Hulk because she works at GLK and H and kind of doesn't really like Jen as a lawyer or as She-Hulk, but then eventually they come around to each other and are really good friends. So I'm excited to see more of that on screen because also Renee is amazing. Renee! Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even catch the line about uh, the... Uh... The mob hit. I didn't even catch that line. Mm -hmm. I like. I was. I was like Leo pointing the first time I watched it because I'm like, oh my god, they did it because it was. It's just. It's a. It's a story that's just in burned in the back of my brain at this point, and I knew they weren't doing it in the show. So then, as soon as we got that, and then just the whole point of like, our, oh, She Hulk rumored to be rejected from the Avengers. That was just also great too. So. I was so proud of myself because when the mafia line happened, I turned to Tony and I was like, "That's from the comics. I know because Jenna <laughs> taught me that." <laughs> You know, how many, you know how many people probably look at people and they get to be the expert amongst their friends because of Jenna? Yeah. Me. Me for one. Jenna for two. That's this right. is my we mission in life. <laughs> we love Professor Jenna. Uh, the Wrecking Crew seemed to be introduced. I mean, certainly was introduced. Uh, and I thought it was hilarious that they were like, you go around flaunting your powers and you can't back it up. And then they proceeded to flaunt their powers and not be able to back it up. I thought that was hilarious. Um, I... There's a couple of theories about this going around. I just rewatched The Incredible Hulk, which is not that bad of a movie. It is not in my bottom three. I think it's actually, especially for its era, whatever. I was like 16 when it came out and I enjoyed it then and I still enjoy it now. So, <laughs> was that? Yeah, it was 2008. Jamie just gave Jamie, me a book. Jamie, like, I had to say, because I was, I, yeah, I was 18. So I guess I am older than you, but I was like, <laughs> I, sometimes I forget that I'm older. And so, but I have, I have things to say about The Incredible Hulk because I talked to Tim Roth about it today. Yeah, so we're gonna, we're saving that for the for the for our grand finale on today's show. Uh, but the the leader was last seen in the Incredible Hulk, you know, with vials of Banner's blood. The 
Wrecking Crew seems to be going after Jen's blood. So naturally, we're all like, yeah, are they bringing back the leader finally uh, 14 years later? And now that could happen. Maybe he's just trying to. I don't know. Jenna's got thoughts. I see. <laughs> yeah, no, my my theory is that it's the leader because he he loves just like having random villains just mess with the whole family. And like there's there's a really good run in Jen's like second most recent solo run where a leader basically manipulates a lady scientist to like stalk Jen and become her best friend. And it's really to turn that lady into another She-Hulk and kind of like mess with Jen's head. So it's like I I would not be surprised now that we have Abomination coming back. We're acknowledging like that Bruce was recast it feels like the perfect place to bring back leader and especially with world war hulk being this thing that is so heavily rumored i feel like you have to have leader be a part of that so that's my theory i've also seen people say val because of course any suspicious villain in the mcu at this point onward it's like is are they working for val so i could also see that but my guess is leader i think val hired glk and h i don't think val is behind the wrecking crew i think val certainly went after abomination to join thunderbolts but I don't think she sent the wrecking crew to go attack G-Hulk. But uh, I think, what? I think, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, we got one more contestant in here. It's like a long shot thing. But since Matt's here, like Kingpin, he, he is a big, big eye injury that Hulk blood would probably find some way to cure in time for Echo. Although, well, you mean he's not dead? I hope not. <laughs> For our sakes, I hope not. Dear God, if we got to freaking Echo or Born Again and that man dies before that Daredevil show, I will call out sick. It will be Adam Barnhart in this chair. You can, you have it here first. I don't. We're just going to get Mayor Fisk, but it's going to be like Weekend at Bernie style. Like he's, he's just Mayor <laughs> being dead in a chair the entire time. Deploying his minions to LA. Nah, I, I think it's the leader. I think, you know, 14 years ago, we saw the leader's head start to grow. And then we just never followed that up because they were like, well, we don't do Hulk stories anymore. Suddenly <laughs> he's smart. Bring back Raging Hulk. Please, yeah. for the love of God. enough in the Wakanda-like files, this big like guidebook thing that they made a couple years ago, like Incredible Hulk stuff is in there. And you would not expect some of that Incredible Hulk stuff to be in there. Blonsky was in there. And at the time when I got it for review and like talked about it with the site with Jim and them, I'm like, there's a lot of Incredible Hulk stuff in here. They haven't talked about any of this in forever. Why is this stuff in here? And then here we are. Maybe, maybe it was all, it was all their breadcrumbs. Real weird conspiracy board style, just like Brandon Davis in that tower. It's all going to be the same. I'm so, I'm, listen, man, it's not even a conspiracy. It's just... <laughs> like, okay. I think, it, it, with that being the Wrecking Crew, they seem to be not superpowered yet. Perhaps they're going to get powers from the blood if they ever get it. Because in the comics, they get their powers from like being confused for Loki. And like yes. magic makes them powerful. So the main leader of the Wrecking Crew just gets an enchanted crowbar. Like he kind of gets a little more buff because of it, but it's mainly yeah. the thing of like they get their powers through like the weapons that, that they hold. So I think this is like as powerful as we're going to see them, which also makes it funnier that all they do is just like have the hard hat and the crowbar and swinging the ball on the chain around. But I don't know. And so, I mean, they even acknowledge that though, when she said, uh, did you rob it? Uh, did you guys steal those from an Asgardian construction workers. So there's a little bit of like the Asgardian enchantment reference. The show is meta AF. So <laughs> I, we appreciate that. Uh, all right. Anything else from today's episode we want to talk about before we hear about Jamie's new BFF? I just want to hear. All about right. the interview. Yeah. Jamie, 
You became All right. one of the so, soulmate. Yes. First, I have to tell you that like this is a, it was an audio interview, so sadly there's no like video or anything. But uh, so I like rolled out of bed for this, and then I realized like five minutes before that I was still going to be on a video with him. So I was like, oh god, going to see me. I got, it, was like, it was a very stressful five minutes, but I did get a, a screenshot just from my personal file, so that's nice. But that's that's for me. Um, uh, so a couple cool things. One, I talked about how I asked him about like how much Emil has changed since Incredible Hulk and how like his speech about his redemption caused me to go back and watch Incredible Hulk from his perspective and how I'm team Emil and he and how fans are. And he made a comment to me that was like, well, yeah, but is he telling the truth? And I was like, oh, uh, so now I'm thinking maybe we're going to get some uh, some bad abomination later, which uh, I, I've. I, I'm ready for, uh, but I was still team him. Uh, but I liked that hint because it makes me think like, are we getting him in like Thunderbolts or something? He did not say that. Do not quote me that he said that, but it, it still was a, a cool hint. Uh, one fun thing. Um, so he was, I, I finally watched Loose uh, because I wanted to see if uh, Julia Julius Ona, I liked the choice for Captain America. The movie was fantastic. I'm now fully on board and Tim Roth is in that movie. So I asked him, about his thoughts, you know, working with him being Marvel. And he said that they, Marvel actually asked him his, his opinion on Julius Ona as a director, but he didn't know he was hired. And I told him, I got to tell Tim <laughs> Roth that, that he's directing Captain America. And he was very exciting, excited about it. Um, wow. That was cool. One thing that, this is the big thing that was really bothering me is that, so Tim Roth in Incredible Hulk, Tim Roth's tattoos are seen in that movie. And in She-Hulk, you can see that his tattoo is removed. And I asked him, did Emil get his tattoos removed? Is, uh, is this, and he's like, he's like, you got to ask the, the powers that be about that one. And I, and I thought that was interesting. And then I mentioned, well, maybe abominations like healing powers, like healed his skin. And he's like, yeah, that's possible. Maybe he like sheds the skin. But I think it's really interesting that they purposely removed Tim Roth's tattoo, but didn't have a discussion as to why he wasn't showing that tattoo anymore. Uh, and it didn't get like a clear answer, but I got enough of an answer to say that maybe they just forgot that he had those tattoos in the movie. That's crazy that they just do stuff like that. And not even yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, uh, oh, I also, this was fun for me. You know, I had to like throw in a Reservoir Dogs thing. And uh, in Reservoir Dogs, Mr. Orange, his character is a big Marvel fan. There's a Silver Surfer poster on his wall. And he talks about how uh, Lawrence Tierney's character looks like the thing. So I was like, okay, who would you cast as the thing? And he really loved the question, but he did not have an answer. He's like, I, I'm stumped. He's like, I don't, I don't, I don't know, but that's a good question. Ah, ah. And uh, he did not have an answer, but, um, but it was still a fun, and there's other stuff that I'm now blanking on, but it's all going to be, um, a bunch of articles are coming out. Check the website for all these spins and articles. There's other stuff he talked about. He talked about reading She-Hulk comics. Uh, he talked about Deadpool and he loves Deadpool. So there's a lot of cool stuff uh, to come from that. But he was a very nice man and it was very exciting for me. Love it. I love it. I hope he's on stage at D23 and they show us the cast of Thunderbolts. You guys think uh, You guys think he's, he's going to switch into Abomination in the near future because he's going to be wearing an ankle bracelet that says no. The, the trailers, if you've looked closely, already kind of spoiled that. So... Oh. Yeah, because there's there's because there's a scene from the like the wellness retreat that he is supposedly starting when he leaves prison, where he is very clearly in abomination form. Even like the Funko Pop has him like in abomination form in like khakis and a and a linen shirt. So it's like we're gonna get it, and that's gonna be a whole legal problem probably in and of itself. 
I'm not gonna lie. I, some of the, some of the, like the the seven soulmate stuff and a character that was as scary as Abomination once upon a time. Like that's that's where some of the humor starts to lose me a little bit. Like I, I do prefer a little bit of seriousness, but I'm not gonna lie. At the same time, I enjoy the humor of it all. Like the seven soulmates thing is so ridiculous that I'm like, all right, this is funny. I'm I was so happy that they were age appropriate. (laughs) I was like, oh, I'm relieved. I was very relieved by that. Yeah. Yeah. And when when he named them all, I was like, this is, this is pretty funny. I could, I I do hope what like, like, I think the way that Jessica Gao put it was that it's going to be a comedy vacation for like characters like Daredevil. It's like, okay, that makes sense. You know, when they come to She-Hulk, this is a sitcom. It is funny. We can have humor. And when you see them in Thunderbolts, like also every Marvel movie makes you laugh except daredevil really doesn't but uh, but so but you can come here have some fun see a different side like the writing makes the character funny it's not that the character suddenly is a comedian themselves and then they go back daredevil's going to come in here in episode uh like later in the show <laughs> oh god wow daredevil's going to come in later in the show be funny presumably but that doesn't mean that murdoch is suddenly a comedian and when he goes back to daredevil born again he's going to be tap dancing wearing clown shoes like it's, I, 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 I wish you, you heard it here yeah. first. Brandon Davis said that, that him and Tom Holland <laughs> are going to recreate that. Uh, what is it? Is it drag? Is that what is it called? The thing where he did singing in the rain? Lip-sync battle. Lip-sync battle. Yeah, yeah they're going to recreate yeah. that. That's the first episode of Born Again. You heard it here first. Uh-huh. I will pull to Tom Holland just now. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, Daredevil was funny in the Netflix show. He had moments of gallows humor. I still like quote the avocados at law bit and some of the other bits from like the first season in particular. He, right. he has oh, the yeah. capability to be funny. I'm with you. I'm with you. I just think like for me, like when I watch She-Hulk, there's like moments where I'm like, man, they're good. They're like abomination is suddenly kind of the butt of some jokes here. But and I'm like, okay, I would love a little bit of like stakes and love and uh, seriousness. But that's part of the show. That's what the show is. And it's embracing that. And it all matches within the tone here. I'm like, okay, I dig it. Even if it's not my exact cup of tea, this show is made for people who this is their cup of tea, whatever. Aaron, did you have thoughts? I saw the hand up. I don't know if that was oh, I'm just, yeah. I'm just like sitting here thinking oh. about, unfortunately, thinking about, well, at least Tim Roth didn't have like Tristan Thompson as his best man or anything. I I, I can't get past the eight soulmates. <laughs> Jamie, you don't know what I'm talking about. That's okay. I'll see you later. <laughs> okay. Oh, God. I will say, if you're going to have seven soulmates, they're all women. I mean, that's boring. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. Good point. Uh, the MC, listen, we said last week characters in the MC are getting to it. When 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 Emil Blonsky gets out of jail, man, man's, man's going to be earning that paycheck apparently. If you know what I mean, That's, those women are paying for his life. He said. So I'm just going to leave it at that. Uh, anyway, we're making a lot. We're making a lot of jokes on them, and by we, I mean me. All right, there's a lot of jokes <laughs> coming out of, on Phase Zero because of She-Hulk. So maybe the humor is good for all of us. Anyway, all right, any final words for today's episode of Phase Zero before I make it worse? <laughs> no, I think, I think we're good. Uh, it's Adson Lake Hornet, and we're doing a great job. We're bringing the funny. Can't wait to see what's going to happen next week. I have no idea. Every I've grown scared of, of traversing certain parts of the internet because me and Jamie are supposed to be like every people watching the show with you. So I just, I don't want to see any of the stuff, which makes being on the internet impossible. So we're going to try our best, y'all. Oh my God, there's no DC fandom this year. Wait, what? Did they confirm that? 
just just now in the it's in our it's in our yeah. group chat from Popverse. Right. Warner Brothers Discovery has told us there's no DC fandom this year. My goodness. I expected well, as much but yeah. I expected as much when Warner Brothers supposedly only has money to promote like three more movies for the rest of the year. That's but a bummer. somehow they still renewed Harley Quinn because James Yeah, thank yeah. God. Yeah. Thank oh, God. Oh, w. No. W. <laughs> Don't forget, those all, uh, new episodes are also on Thursday, and today's episode, you guys, is a good one. It is a, it's like a Batman episode, and it is funny. So uh, watch the show. I'm gonna be on several planes over the course of the next week and a half. I think I'm just gonna download all the Harley Quinn episodes Let's and catch it. up on it. Finally. Yes, awesome. that's gonna be great. Thank you for the inspiration. Uh, on that note, of there being no DC fandom, next week's episode is a D23 Marvel prediction show. So at Marvel, one week from Saturday, is headed to D23. We are expecting some big announcements. We will have a video on the Phase Zero YouTube channel on Monday with my thoughts on that, but we will spend some time on Thursday's show diving into some predictions. Jamie and I will be out there uh, at the show creating some content, getting it all covered for you. And uh, Jenna, any, any last words for today's show? Um, go read comics. Go read some She-Hulk comics and follow me on Twitter at Hey, it's Jenna Lynn. Jamie, parting words? Oh, yeah, I'm also on Twitter. And Letterboxd, uh, Jamie Cinematics. Uh, you know what? Just enjoy this in funny light era while you can, because come November, we're all going to be yeah. crying. Yeah. That's true. True. All right, y'all. Thank you so much for joining us on Phase Zero. Make sure you're subscribed to the YouTube channel. Make sure you subscribe to all of us beautiful people on Twitter, because we have opinions, and those are always go well. So you can <laughs> tell us that life's going to be okay. Uh, we'll see you next week for some D23 previews, and uh, we'll be at D23 ourselves. Later. Later.